This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones. I came home from my second war with some obvious wounds in 2010, but not all of my brothers and sisters have those same visible wounds. Many service members come home with mental and emotional wounds with very little understanding of how to heal them. My next guest is someone I consider a close friend and someone who has paid a huge sacrifice serving his country and continues to serve now as the CEO of 22 Kill a veterans nonprofit dedicated to helping veterans who are struggling with those wounds and thoughts of suicide, as well as those families who had suffered a veteran suicide fate. Jake, man, thanks so much for joining us today. Honored to be here, Joy. I appreciate you having me, brother. So I know that you're on a, you're on a, a, a little bit of a break right now. So I really appreciate your time with, and, uh, and I hope you're enjoying yourself, but um, yeah, to get into the conversation today, can you let people know kind of what 22 kill is and, and what you guys are up to? For sure, man. Yeah, we started in 2013 with the 22 push-up challenge, and that was started because of the study that came out from the VA stating that, on average, 22 veterans die by suicide every day, and that came out in 2012. And, you know, we needed to decide, okay, how do we make this an awareness platform where we can get people to know that we're losing our brothers and sisters by their own hand? And so that's when the 22 Push-Up Challenge was birthed. And since that day, we've evolved into a full-blown mental and emotional wellness organization with multiple therapists on staff. That's our traditional therapy standpoint. We have non-traditional therapy as well. And we don't even, we not only help veterans and military and their families, we also help first responders, law enforcement officers, as well as frontline healthcare workers and their families. So when you talk about the Push-Up Challenge, I remember those videos going around. This is similar to the ice bucket challenge, but you guys had celebrities and they would get in front of a camera, they'd do 22 pushups and they would nominate other people to do the same. And it just kind of spread like wildfire. Um, I remember that very well. How did you go from this awareness to, you know, having these fundraising and physical programs to help people? Yeah, great question. I mean, the pushup challenge was never birthed to be a, money-making platform. It was purely awareness-driven. And I feel like it, for the most part, established that goal. And maybe we heard from military members from all over the world and saying, hey, we have the same problem here in our country. And so it was really interesting to see how it brought the warrior culture together with without borders being a barrier. And so that, that was refreshing. And you know, just from my own experiences and, you know, you and I have known each other for quite some time and we're close friends. You know, I knew that we needed in-house programming if we were going to be able to effectively feed souls and change lives for the better and get these men and women the tools they need in order to not only live, but live well. And that's when we started implementing the non-traditional and traditional programs so that way we could really get into their soul and help them do a lot of the healing that they've avoided or not known how to do effectively. And that's where the 
the programs and the traditional and non-traditional therapy treatments and trainings really came to life was that we knew we needed to get get our hands on them and not only get our hands on them but keep our hands on them as you well know especially in the nonprofit sector you know the big challenge is following them through their journey and helping them through their journey yeah. we don't want place our hands on them and then say, okay, you have some tools, now good luck, because that's not going to be good enough. Because as you know, growing through life and healing is hard, that's why most people don't do it, but growing through life and the evolution of life, they're going to need refreshers, they're going to need support, they're going to need encouragement, and we want them to know that you know, once you're in this tribe, we'll keep you in this tribe as long as you want to be in this tribe, and that we're going to help you all the way through. No, and I love that. And I know that tribe is a word that's important to you. We'll talk about later kind of how that's going to be a bigger part of what you have going on. But, you know, one thing I want to remind people, and we'll get into more about you, is you and I could have looked at each other as competitors, really. I mean, we were both in the state of Texas running what we believe to be, you know, great military nonprofits. I was with Boot Campaign. You you took over at 22 Kill. But we've always stayed friends and we've always tried to help each other out, and share resources. And how important is it today with COVID and nonprofits not being able to even do their events and fundraising? How important is it for people to kind of keep their eye on the ball and say, hey, we're all in this together and trying to get the same thing done? That's extremely difficult. And as you well know, you know, everybody's after the same dollar. And then now <laughs> with COVID, it's made it 10 times more difficult. And I, I think the beauty with you and I is you're exactly right. We never, ever looked at each other as that's my competition because, you know, I think that with us both being Marines and both having that same you know, adherence to tradition, we knew that, hey, we're, we're stronger together. We'll be able to do more together, which we did. And, you know, we've helped a lot of people. And I think that that is the approach we have to take. We have to keep the mindset of what you and I always did, right things, right reasons, the rest is going to take care of itself. And we've had to really rely on these virtual platforms in order to touch these souls and get our, our virtual hands on people and be able to follow them through their journey. And, you know, people have to come together. We, we are meant to do this life together. We're herd animals. We're not meant to do this thing alone. And that's the one thing that makes us very malleable in this fight is that we will work with anyone and everyone who's doing the right things for the right reasons in order to help as many people as we possibly can. I love that. And, and I think what I like most about what you guys do is that your personal outlook on life, I quote you all the time, by the way, and you know that, is kind of the same terminology or, or really belief system you're instilling to help veterans. And it's the idea of Hey, it's not about should you accept help. It's the fact that everyone in the world needs someone else to get through it. And once you kind of humble yourself to that place, help is a, is an obvious thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's why I tell people, you know, you've heard me say it a million times, and I still tell people all over the world through public speaking and whatever platform I'm on, is that in order to live well, we have to find victory in our vulnerability and refuse to be hostages to our pride. And that's the only way we're going to grow. You know, in order to, in order to eradicate the demons that lie in your soul, and everybody's got them, you, you have to be willing to step outside your comfort zone, exercise them in order to evict them. And the only way to do that is with help. You can't do it by yourself. There's not a drug out there. There's not an alcohol. There's not a gym. There's not sex. There's not anything you can think of. And as we both know, there's a million different forms of self-medication and we can't utilize those. We have to utilize the hard work, the day-in, day-out work to make sure that we're living our best life and being examples for everybody around us. And, you know, for you and I, we've 
kind of figured out the equation early on, luckily, that if we surround ourselves with people that are better than us, by default, we'll be better. I believe it. I think so. And in hosting this podcast, I get to introduce my audience to those people, and you're one of them. So what, what's the rest of Jake's story? What prepared Jake to take the reins of 22 Kill? What has happened in your life to, for you to take this job and do it well? I mean, put simply, brother, trauma and tragedy is uh, I'm pretty well versed in trauma and tragedy. And that's something that I've uh, I haven't shied away from what I've been through and I've allowed it to mold me into the person I am, because, you know, from controversy comes character and which way you take that character is up to you. And God knows I've taken it plenty of times down the wrong path. You know, it's the path that's not forged. That's the right path. And. That's the one that I'm trudging down with a lot of people by my side through the work I do and the multiple platforms I do it on. And listen, if we're not willing to unzip our chest cavity and share our scars with people we've never met, we don't belong in this arena. That's the only way you're going to be able to relate to someone is because the one common denominator every human around this globe has, regardless of socioeconomic status, race, color, creed, religion, how they do or don't vote, who they do or don't pray to, is they know what mental and emotional trauma and tragedy is because every single person is going to deal with it or has dealt with it. And that's the one thing that can bring us all together is, hey, listen, you're going to experience at some point in your life depression, anxiety, who, uh, hypervigilance, suicidal ideation, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to experience it. That's the one thing every one of us, regardless of where we're from, who we know, what we know, what we do or how we do it have in common. Sometimes I think you're a walking, talking graphic novel. Unzip our chest cavity. <laughs> That's awesome. I wish I could. I wish I could see things and say them the way you do sometimes. But it's absolutely true. Um, you know, I know that you're also a, a combat wounded amputee, as well as am I. I would call you a paper cut uh, yeah. because you know you only lost one limb. But the truth is, pretty much all your limbs were severely affected, and you get around well because you want to and you choose to every day. I assume you probably have dealt with the invisible wounds as well. Would you say one's harder than the other or is it kind of, you know, I hate when people compare what they have gone through to me because I don't know what they've gone through. I don't know their experience. And how do you, how do you reach people that worried? Oh, well, it's just a bad day for me. It's not like I lost my legs. How do you, how do you get people to that place where they give credibility and legitimacy to their invisible wounds? Well, that means a two part two-part question. I'll give you a two-part answer. I think the physical part of it, and I remember the first time we met and you said the paper cut thing, and I remember telling you that's interesting because I don't remember it feeling like a paper cut. <laughs> but, you know, look, you and I both know, anyone listening knows that the mental and emotional pain is a hundred times worse than the physical. Same goes with the scars. One has a much longer lasting impact. Some impact. Someone looks at you, clearly you, you lost both of the legs. Me, that you know, I lost one of my legs. Looks like I got in a fight with the great white with the rest of my limbs outside of my right <laughs> arm. Listen, it's the the middle, the middle emotional scars cut way deeper, and they have a lot longer lasting impact than the physical ones. You know, you we you and I utilize legs as tools to get through the day. They're tools, nothing more, nothing less. They don't they don't deserve a lot of attention. Now, what's going on inside of our brains, inside of our hearts? inside of our souls that deserves a lot of attention because that's where the money's made or lost the emotional money i mean as far as the compare and contrasting pain and suffering here's where i stand on that 
is I know what happens to you all the time, just like it does me. He's like, man, I can't imagine what you've been through with all the surgeries and with all the blood transfusions. I've only ever had a broken ankle. To which I asked them, well, explain to me how the broken ankle wasn't worse than what I went through. Like, well, man, I'm not missing a leg and blah, blah, blah. I said, no, tell me quantifiably how your broken ankle wasn't worse, a worse experience than what I went through. Make it measurable. Tell me so I'll understand it. And then they can't. And I say, exactly. That's why I want you to stop comparing pain and suffering to other people. Because what you're doing is you're belittling yourself through your subconscious and you don't even realize it. It's hard enough to look in the mirror and love the person unequivocally be in love with the person looking back at you. And when you compare and contrast pain and suffering with other people's, that's exactly what you're doing is you're taking away from what's made you who you are. Don't do that. You should, you deserve better than that. Love yourself more than that. Let your stuff be yours and let mine be mine and call it a day. There is no Richter scale on pain and suffering. No, I agree. I, I say in, in shorter words, but not as, not as well as simply never compare tragedy and always share in victory. And, uh, and that's something I try to put to put the test and it's not always easy to do. Uh, but that's why organizations like 22 kill exist. And so what programs do you offer and how do you help veterans and first responders? So in the traditional sense, we offer our stay the course program, which is the one-on-one or family therapy. And that's something that, Listen, that's where a lot of the soul money is made is you go into these rooms and you really open up to these individuals who are trained and educated to help you through these mental and emotional fights and these battles. And that's that's really our tip of the spear as far as programming goes. Our other programs, such as our Forge program, which is outdoor, everything from hiking, hunting, fishing, uh, camping, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, another program, wind therapy, which is anything involving wind, particularly motorcycles. We're, we want to funnel people into the state of the course program because that's real, where really you're going to learn more about yourself and where a lot of the, the soul healing is going to happen. And you establish that camaraderie through these other programs, like our watch program, which is We're the Children of Heroes, which is to support and get little kids from all walks of life together that have a, a very specific theme thing in common, which is they've lost a, a mom or dad in service or, or to suicide. And one thing that we've noticed is that these kids don't give a damn how they lost a parent. They just know they don't have a mom or dad. And we want to get them together to let them know, hey, listen, while it's extremely difficult, <clears throat> you don't have to be alone in this. Here's some other kids that have been through what you've, what you've been through and that are going through what you're going through. You know, grow with each other and understand that you don't have to do this thing alone. Life's hard enough. You don't have to do it alone. And so by utilizing these various programs and these workshops that we do, everything from art to finance to music, because we have to offer everything because everybody's different. You know, everybody's different and something makes everyone else, something that makes someone tick may not make someone else tick. And we have to offer every type of thing that we can in order to bring these people together and get them in the same arena to say, hey, listen, let's do the work in order to grow and heal together. Yeah. And so that's why we do the things that we do is because, and, and we offer the, the variety that we do is because as you know, you know, me a decade ago is not gonna walk in and go, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm here to talk to a therapist. I wouldn't have done it. 
No, you're absolutely right. And and I think me right now sometimes is, is too reluctant to ask for help. So it, basically these programs become conversation starters and kind of open that door so that your meat and potatoes can be served. And, uh, and I think that's awesome. I love that. And so there's one thing you didn't cover earlier, which I think is good because I think people that don't know your organization sometimes think this is all you do. And so it's great to hear all of this and then be reminded. So when I see Bradley Cooper or Pete Hegseth wearing a black ring, around their index finger what is that and how is that connected to what you guys do so that's the honor ring and that was birthed around the push-up challenge stating listen we have your back we understand i've been there that's that's basically a ring that anyone can wear and you know pete's awesome about it really appreciate Pete's support over the last several years and you know he's a, a combat vet officer type and from the army and it's guys like that and and guys that really use their platform just to wear a ring to show it's okay to not be okay. And we've been there and we understand. And that's the whole point behind the honor ring that's worn. It's just the, you know, the black ring worn on the trigger finger, the index finger, just to let people know it's okay to not be okay. There's people out there that will help you. Yeah. And it's okay to ask for help. That's the strong thing to do. No, it's awesome. And, and sure, there are people probably that, wear it because it's cool, but every person that puts it on and, and wears it is reminding someone else to ask, hey, what is that and why do you wear it? And those that know can see it and see that, that show of support. I think it's a, one of the great things you guys do and and um, and something that people can learn more about. So with that being said, we know who you are. We know who 22 Kill is. You and I have been friends for a long time. We've both got personal stories with veteran suicide. How can people come in and, and be involved and help 22 Kill or, or even get help from 22 Kill? Yeah, if if you need help, I I, I say this all the time, and you don't want to get it from 22 Kill because of the name or the logo, that's fine. That's fine. But reach out because there are resources out there, and you need to utilize those resources. We would be honored to help anyone and everyone, and we help as many as we possibly can. But if you need help, ask. You have to reach out. You have to reach out. that said, as far as helping 22 kill, I mean, as of right now, time, talent, and treasure, those are the three things that everybody has, some more than others, some less than others, and that's okay, but everybody harnesses some of one of those three things. And here's the deal. If you don't, if you're not willing to sacrifice some of one of those three things, you don't really want to help. You're just talking. And, <laughs> and that's just being point blank with it because, you know, times are hard enough. And, and service and sacrifice are synonymous. We can't do one without the other. And when you want to help in one way, shape, or form, you're going to sacrifice something in order to do said help. So to sacrifice or serve time, talent, and treasure, you know, volunteering, offering services, or, or fundraising, where do people go to do that? You can go to 22kill.com and learn about our various programs and the things that we have going on and various events that we have going on. And, you know, God willing, we'll be able to do some coming up, but we'll see, you know, because of COVID, it's been very difficult to do any public events that um, to, to any scale because of the pandemic that we found ourselves in. But go to 22kill.com and learn more about us and, and educate yourself on us. And then see if what we're doing jives with how you feel internally or what you feel 
is, is going to be helpful to not only this country, but the world and go from there. And if not, that's fine, but move on, move on, keep digging, keep doing your homework and find something to be a part of that's greater than yourself. I love it. So lastly, is there anything on the horizon for 22 kill that people need to know about? Can we break the news on something or what's next for this organization and great people? Yeah. You know, I mean, from the push-up challenge to where we are present day, we've found ourselves, we, in this mental and emotional wellness arena that looks much different than it used to look. There's a lot more people in this arena. There's a lot more hats. There's a lot more avenues. And, you know, what we've learned is is just by our name, we've, we've gotten to where people don't think that they're eligible or qualify for help from our nonprofit. And our thing is, is look, we want to help everyone we can. It's why our tagline is one tribe, one fight. If you're a bipod, you qualify. We'll figure it out. And so that's why we're going to slowly roll out the One Tribe Foundation, and that's going to be the overall for our organization. And uh, 22 Kill will, re- will always remain the awareness and the education piece because you know we're never, ever going to get rid of our roots and where we started. So the One Tribe Foundation, you'll, see, you'll start to see the logo and the name. We're going to slowly roll it out in conjunction with 22 through a marketing plan that's going to be coming in the near future. And and we're really excited about it because it's all encompassing. And it's the same tagline, one tribe, one fight. You know, we're all in this thing called life together. That's awesome. I love that. And, and that kind of growth is healthy and responsible. And with nonprofits, you either work yourself out of a mission or you learn of other nuances to the mission and grow to meet those challenges too. And so I love what you're doing. I love everything about 22 kill and what you guys are trying to accomplish and the fact you are accomplishing it. And, you know, just as a friend, I want to thank you for what you're doing and thanks for coming on the show today. No, I appreciate you, my brother. It's always good to hear from you. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's great to share these experiences and, and, to talk to you every time, whether it's on a public or private platform, and just want you to know that I value every minute of it and really love and respect who you are and who you've become. And it's awesome to watch you to continue to evolve through life, bro. Absolutely. Thanks again, Jake. You bet. Veterans like Jake and myself fought not one, but two wars in Iraq and Afghanistan over the past two decades. To know many are coming home to fight a third war within themselves is hard to fathom. I'm thankful for Jake and the work his entire team at 22Kill is doing to help veterans heal. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com and be sure to check back next week for a brand new Proud American story. I'm Johnny Joey Jones and thanks for listening. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.